0: Tonight, the border and dueling visits. President Biden and Donald Trump both there. Also, the flight from New York City, the emergency landing in Boston, and this new major storm, the blizzard warnings already tonight. First this evening, immigration and the border. President Biden, Donald Trump, both on the southern border tonight, arriving at nearly the same time. And President Biden's invitation to Donald Trump tonight. Mary Bruce is there. She also has breaking news tonight involving Donald Trump after the Supreme Court said it would take up Trump's immunity appeal. Tonight, Special Counsel Jack Smith and what he's now requested. (laughs) The horrific scene in Gaza, what we're learning, more than 100 Palestinians killed and 700 injured amid Israeli gunfire and stampede, as much needed food was arriving. What the Israeli military is now saying tonight, Tom Sufi Burridge in the region. Here in the U.S. tonight, the horrific images coming in, the fires raging, and they've now turned deadly. The Smokehouse Creek fire, now the largest in Texas history, mapped up and is there. The fiery moments on Capitol Hill. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin grilled about why he kept his hospital visit from the president. Arthur Raditz reporting. Vladimir Putin's stark warning tonight to the U.S. and NATO allies about any Western troops on the ground and the risk, Putin says, of nuclear war. James Longman reporting. Back here at home, the deadly police shooting. Two officers shot, one killed, one wounded. Authorities on the scene. New video tonight revealed of actor Alec Baldwin shown at the trial of the Rust movie armor Hannah Gutierrez. Baldwin is seen firing a gun while close to crew members, pointing it as he gives directions, and the questions now being asked in court. In New York City, the American Airlines flight that took off, then the emergency landing a short time later in Boston. Because of what they noticed in the cockpit, at this flight and the aborted landing in high winds. The new storm, the blizzard warnings already tonight, multiple states on alert for heavy snow and damaging winds. And the news just in tonight involving college basketball sensation, Caitlin Clark, who broke that scoring record, but she has now revealed.
1: From ABC News World Headquarters in
2: New York, this is World News Tonight with David Muir.
0: Good evening, and it's great to have you with us here on a Thursday night. We begin tonight with those dueling visits to the southern border. President Biden and Donald Trump both there late today, just demonstrating how significant this issue is with the presidential election this November. President Biden traveling to Brownsville, Texas, urging Republicans to reconsider that bipartisan Senate border bill killed by Republicans in the House at the urging of Donald Trump. It was considered the strongest bipartisan immigration security plan in years. Donald Trump, meanwhile, in Eagle Pass on the Rio Grande River, calling it a very dangerous border, saying President Biden is to blame. President Biden with a different approach, with an invitation to Donald Trump, asking Trump to help urge Republicans to get this done. Biden arguing this is about serving the American people and addressing this issue now. Mary Bruce leading us off from Texas tonight.
3: Tonight, President Biden and Donald Trump touching down in Texas within an hour of each other and heading straight to the border.
2: Nice weather, beautiful day, but a very dangerous border. We're going to take care of it. Thank you.
3: President Biden briefed by Border Patrol on the banks of the Rio Grande, confronting a growing challenge for his administration and his campaign. Illegal border crossings hitting record highs, 2.2 million apprehensions in 2022, nearly a quarter million this past December alone. Just as we were standing here, a group of migrants trying to cross over using a boat to get across the river here, but Border Patrol deterring them. The president using this moment to urge Republicans to immediately pass the strongest bipartisan border security bill in years. Republicans are blocking the bill under pressure from Donald Trump, who wants to deny Biden the win so he can run on immigration himself.
4: We need to act. It's time for the speakers and some of my Republican friends in Congress who are blocking this bill to show a little spine.
3: Even the conservative Border Patrol Union supports the bill. Today in Texas, I asked them why. What's the biggest impact of Washington failing to pass that bill?
4: Um, the security of our country.
3: Former President Trump urged Republicans not to pass that deal. What'd you make of that?
4: Well, I mean, that's politics for you.
2: Was it a perfect bill? No, it wasn't a perfect bill. Um, but it's better than the status quo what's going on now.
3: 300 miles away in Eagle Pass, Donald Trump walking along the border fence.
2: The United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's a new form of uh, vicious violation to our country. It's migrant crime. We call it Biden migrant crime.
3: Trump is promising mass deportations if elected. But when he was in office, deportations actually dropped significantly, far below his predecessor, Barack Obama. Trump promised to build a wall stretching from one end of the border to the other. In fact, he only built about 50 new miles. Tonight, President Biden taking a much different strategy, urging the former president to put border security above politics to help solve the problem
4: now. Instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. Instead of playing politics with the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done?
3: Here in Brownsville, the sheriff telling me they need help now. It's putting a real strain.
4: It is a putting a real
2: strain not only on our local law enforcement, but on our families, our, our school districts, our,
1: our health uh, uh, workers. It's putting a strain on everybody.
3: The president is still pushing for this bill, but aware of the political reality, he is also now considering taking executive action, including tough new asylum restrictions and capping daily border crossings. President Biden well aware that immigration is now a political liability for his campaign is eager to show voters he's addressing the issue. David.
0: BORDER SECURITY FRONT AND CENTER FOR BOTH CAMPAIGNS. MARY, WHILE WE HAVE YOU, WE HAD THAT BREAKING NEWS LAST NIGHT HERE. THE SUPREME COURT uh, TAKING UP DONALD TRUMP'S APPEAL OVER PRESIDENTIAL IMMUNITY. THAT'S THE JANUARY 6th CASE. OF COURSE, THE OTHER FEDERAL CASE WE'RE TRACKING IS THE DOCUMENTS CASE AT MAR-A-LAGO. DONALD TRUMP WANTS THAT TRIAL TO BE MOVED UNTIL AFTER THE ELECTION. TONIGHT, THE SPECIAL COUNSEL, JACK SMITH, uh, WITH HIS OWN PROPOSED DATE FOR THE TRIAL IN THAT CASE?
3: david that trial was expected to start on may 20th but there have been disputes over how to handle these classified documents at trial tonight jack smith is now proposing a trial date of july 8th the trump team though is still pushing for this to happen after the election there's a hearing on this tomorrow though where we may hear more from the judge david
0: mary bruce on both stories tonight mary thank you we turn now to that horrific scene in gaza tonight authorities say more than 100 palestinians were killed and at least 700 were injured and a stampede for much-needed food that was arriving and then Israeli gunfire. How the Israeli military is now explaining this. ABC's Tom Sufi Burge in
2: Israel. Tonight, the moment Israeli troops opened fire at a crowd of Gazans desperate for food near a convoy of aid trucks. This surveillance video showing thousands of people surrounding the vital supplies moving into northern Gaza. An Israeli tank firing warning shots attempting to disperse what they called a threatening crowd. The IDF claiming self-defense, saying they were there to support the convoy and when people who rushed the convoy got too close to the tanks securing the route, they opened fire. This man says people went to get food and flour before the troops started shooting. The Hamas Gazan Health Ministry calling it a massacre adding that more than 100 people were killed and more than 700 injured. Victims rushed to the nearby hospital. Israeli officials pushing back, saying tens of those who were killed were crushed by the trucks and trampled by the crowd. We understand that a handful of people were injured, uh, wounded, or perhaps killed in the warning shots that we fired towards the people. Can you clarify where those people were armed? That move towards your troops. The incident is still under investigation. The horrific incident coming hours after the death toll from this war passed 30,000 and amid the deepening desperation of millions of Gazans. Aid groups struggling to deliver supplies in the north for weeks. Today, President Biden saying the White House is considering airdropping aid. And David, President Biden saying those horrific scenes today will complicate negotiations for a ceasefire and the release of more hostages still held in Gaza. David. Just horrifying images tonight,
0: Tom, thank you. Back in the U.S. tonight, and to the fires burning out of control in Texas. One fire, now the largest in Texas history, and it's turned deadly. Matt Gutman from the Fire Zone tonight.
1: Tonight, firefighters racing against time to battle the largest wildfire in Texas history and it's only 3% contained and now turning deadly 83 year-old grandmother Joyce Blankenship a former substitute teacher found dead in her burned home according to family. It's uh, her and her husband Jim grandson Lee Quesada overwhelmed with grief. Wasn't able to see her for a while and that's what hurts me most. The Smokehouse Creek fire scorching more than a million acres, burning a 90-mile-wide scar across Texas, greater than the distance from New York City to Philadelphia. Even though it's cold and it snowed overnight, firefighters are still fighting hot spots like this. They're trying to put them out before the wind kicks up and it gets hot again. Ranchers here hit hard. Sirens blaring as cattle flee the flames at this historic ranch, about 80 percent of the land lost. With this cold, David, and that snow earlier, firefighters hope that the worst is behind them. That is, we're hearing stories of incredible selflessness, David. The firefighter who lived in this home made a choice to instead save the home of his neighbor, her home
0: unscathed. David. Just an incredible juxtaposition there, Matt. Thank you. Now to the fiery moments on Capitol Hill. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was grilled today about why he kept his hospital visit a secret, even from the president. Here's Martha Raditz.
5: It was the first time the defense secretary appeared before Congress after failing to alert the White House about his prostate cancer surgery and his emergency hospitalization days later.
6: I did not handle it right. As you know, I've apologized, including directly to the president, and I take full responsibility.
5: Austin insisting there was no lapse in the chain of command, given that his deputy took control, but Republican lawmakers showed Austin no mercy.
2: Someone needs to be held accountable.
5: Congressman Jim Banks calling it an embarrassment.
0: Either the president is that aloof, or you are irrelevant. Which one is it, Mr. Secretary? That
5: That the president would go
0: three days without knowing that his secretary of defense is is not on the job
6: it's neither uh the president is not aloof
5: austin said he never told staff his absence was because of a scheduled surgery or that he was later rushed back by ambulance because of complications when did your staff find out you were at the hospital
6: um i i don't know when uh when you
4: don't know when you told your staff that you were at the hospital are you kidding
5: me But Democrats defended Austin, arguing Congress's focus needs to be passing a stalled military aid package for Ukraine.
2: I would challenge any member on the other side of this aisle to claim that the secretary of defense not fully informing the president for three days is somehow more important than walking away from that obligation that we have made and that the whole world is watching us on.
5: AS FOR NOTIFYING THE WHITE HOUSE, SECRETARY AUSTIN SAID HE NEVER ASKED ANYONE TO LIE AND A PENTAGON REVIEW FOUND NO ILL INTENT BY AUSTIN OR HIS STAFF FOR THE FAILURE TO INFORM. BUT THE PENTAGON, DAVID, IS MAKING CHANGES IN HOW TO HANDLE NOTIFICATIONS. DAVID?
0: MARTHA Raditz IN WASHINGTON. THANKS, MARTHA. FROM RUSSIA TONIGHT, VLADIMIR PUTIN GIVING HIS ANNUAL STATE OF THE NATION ADDRESS AND IN IT, WARNING THE U.S. AND NATO ALLIES AGAINST ANY IDEA OF TROOPS FROM THE WEST IN THIS WAR WITH UKRAINE warning of the risk of nuclear war. James Longman reporting in tonight, James.
2: David Vladimir Putin used his annual speech to boast about Russia's nuclear weapons capability, saying his arsenal is in a state of full readiness. He warned NATO not to send forces to Ukraine, likely responding to French President Emmanuel Macron, who made comments suggesting that was a possibility. All this really threatens a conflict with the use of nuclear weapons, he said, with the destruction of civilization. The US called his rhetoric on nuclear war irresponsible. He has yet to comment on the death of his most well-known critic, Alexei Navalny, whose funeral will be held tomorrow and may attract large anti-Putin crowds. David?
0: Still no comments on Navalny, James. Thank you. Back here now into newly revealed video of actor Alec Baldwin tonight shown at the trial of the armorer on that Rust movie set, armorer Hannah Gutierrez. Baldwin is seen firing a gun, pointing it as he gives directions, and the questions now being asked in that courtroom. Here's Kena Whitworth.
4: Tonight, prosecutors in the trial for the armorer of Rust playing videos showing Alec Baldwin firing prop guns on the set days before cinematographer Helena Hutchins was fatally shot. In one video, Baldwin firing off a gun filled with blanks. Even after, someone yells cut. I'm getting up. And this video showing the actor pointing his gun toward the crew as he gives direction. In the path of the gun, could you please move? Armorer Hannah Gutierrez heard urging the crew to get out of the gun's path. In court today, firearms expert Brian Carpenter testifying that as armorer, Gutierrez should have corrected Baldwin's behavior every time. Once you take on the responsibility of safety for another person, you take on a responsibility of making sure that you do what's necessary, even if it's inconvenient. But the defense arguing Gutierrez was assigned to other duties on that set, taking her away from her job as armorer.
2: Ideally, would you believe there should have been two armorers?
1: Yes, they should have had more than one armor on this movie.
4: And tonight, assistant director Dave Halls emotionally recalling that moment, a gun handled by Baldwin fired a live bullet, striking Hutchins. Did you speak to Ms. Hutchins when you approached her? I did. What did you say?
5: Are you all right?
4: Did she respond?
5: Yes. She said, I can't feel my legs.
4: Last year, Halls pleaded no contest to negligent use of a deadly weapon for not checking that gun. And David, he said he wanted to testify to make sure something like this never happens again. David. All right,
0: Kena, thank you. We're also tracking breaking news coming in at this hour after a deadly police shooting in Independence, Missouri, a suburb of Kansas City. Just a short time ago, authorities revealing four officers were shot. One was killed, several wounded. Authorities also revealed a court officer was also killed while serving an eviction order. The suspect is now under arrest tonight. When we come back here, the American Airlines flight taking off from New York City, making an emergency landing in Boston just a short time later because of what they noticed in the cockpit. And then the other flight tonight, aborting its landing right in the middle of very high winds, and you'll see it in a moment here.
4: Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer.
0: Tonight, an American Airlines flight from New York City to Madrid was forced to divert to Boston when pilots noticed a cracked windshield in the cockpit. The plane turning around about 90 minutes into the flight, passengers landing in Boston, they had to stay overnight. The jet is now being inspected. Now to the strong winds that forced a British Airways jet to abort its landing. This was in London, the pilot fighting the winds all the way down here. The plane you can see rocking back and forth as the wheels touched the runway. At the last second, the pilot then pulling back up, going around one more time. Uh, safely landing on the second attempt. Never fun. When we come back here tonight, here in the U.S., this new and major storm, blizzard warnings, multiple states, and on the move tonight. There's also news coming in on college basketball star Caitlin Clark, what she's now revealed.
4: Married moms in the suburbs, they've been called soccer moms, they've been called security moms.
3: Pamela Wilk is a so-called soccer
6: mom. Those so-called Walmart moms. She calls herself a hockey mom. I love those hockey moms. The hockey mom trying to connect with the soccer moms. In the 1990s, the idea of soccer moms as the quintessential swing voter took hold. Elections could be won or lost based on a candidate's ability to appeal to them. But were quote-unquote soccer moms actually the deciding factor? In a new series on the 538 Politics Podcast, we take a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the campaign throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts.
0: To the index of other news, a major storm moving into the west, heavy snow, rain and strong winds, watches and warnings in at least nine states already. A blizzard warning in effect across California's Sierra Nevada mountains, up to 12 feet of snow possible. Colorado bracing tonight too as the system now moves west. And then the temperature whiplash from Minneapolis you see to New York City, temperatures back in the 50s and 60s this weekend. Tonight, Iowa college basketball star Caitlin Clark says she will enter the WNBA draft. The all-time leading women's scorer says she will finish her college career and go pro, already projected to be the number one pick, very close now to breaking the all-time men's scoring record, too. Her final game season is Sunday. She needs 18 points. When we come back here tonight, Made in America, the moving company on the move since right after the Civil War, the story we loved on this Black History Month. Finally tonight here with the nation having marked Black History Month, the family business Made in America, and it turns out not long after the Civil War. Tonight, we round out Black History Month with a Made in America story we can all celebrate, the oldest continuously Black-owned business in the country. In Columbus, Ohio, E.E. Ward moving in storage, 143 years old. Founder John T. Ward starting the company in 1881, just 20 years after the Civil War. Their Ohio family farm was a stop on the Underground Railroad, John and his son William using horse and buggy to help fugitive slaves escape north to freedom. During the Civil War, using their transport skills to haul supplies for the Union Army. After the war, founding their moving company, eventually named after the founder's grandson, Edgar Earl. Over the many decades, their company growing, the 1940s, the 50s, the 1970s, 80s, and 90s, Headquartered in Columbus, expanding to Charlotte and Raleigh, North Carolina. 45 trucks, more than 75 employees. And right here tonight. Hi, David. Raleigh Head, on the job 35 years. I'm a mover and a packer. Hi, David. Lindsay, 17 years.
4: I'm very proud of the 143-year-old history that dates back to the Underground Railroad.
0: Hi, David. Jerome Davis, with his moving truck.
3: I've been with E-Walk for 35 years. Driver, mover. I'm glad to be part of this legacy. Hi, David.
0: At new hire tonight, Najib. I felt very fortunate to be part of such a company with rich history. Hi, David. Brian Brooks, the current president and co-owner, along with his wife, Dominique, celebrating the legacy of this company. Eldon Earl Ward was Brian's godfather. In this month of black history, it's something definitely special to celebrate. They say they're proud to continue this tradition.
6: John T. Ward and his son William S. Ward started a company based to service customers at a high level
0: of excellence. Really proud that we have continued that. We are really proud of
6: our team and strive to continue to service our customers as best as we can.
0: E.E. Ward moving, an incredible story traced back to the Underground Railroad. Incredible. I'll see you tomorrow night. I'm David Muir from all of us here. Good night.
4: Married moms in the suburbs, they've been called soccer moms, they've been called security moms. Pamela Wilk is a so-called soccer mom. Those so-called Walmart moms. She calls herself a hockey mom. I love those hockey moms.
6: The hockey mom trying to connect with the soccer moms. In the 1990s, the idea of soccer moms as the quintessential swing voter took hold. Elections could be won or lost based on a candidate's ability to appeal to them. But were quote-unquote soccer moms actually the deciding factor? In a new series on the 538 Politics podcast, we take a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from and does it hold up today? Find the campaign throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts.